Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast, featuring Ted Ings and his distinguished guests. Each week, you'll gain valuable insights to level up your game in retail automotive's fixed operations. This episode is brought to you by BG Products, partners beyond products. And now, here's Ted Ings. Welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. David Spizak is with us. He's the president and CEO of Disruptive Growth Solutions, coming right on the Disruptive Forces virtual EV event, which he has just held. David, welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. It's such a pleasure to be here. How are you, Ted? Wishing you all the best for a great 2024. I know we're a few weeks in, but um, it's early yet, right? There's plenty of time for all of us. Uh, to write history, great history in this year, and uh, wishing you and the entire Fixed Ops Roundtable uh, all the best. And frankly, on behalf of everybody, I want to thank you for what you're doing to contribute to the industry, and especially for our Fixed Ops departments, which in my brain is the epicenter of culture in our stores, and it is the it is the ultimate uh, foundation insurance policy for long-term sustainability for a successful organization. Well, David, if it's okay, uh, today I'm going to ask you about some of your thoughts for the year ahead and what you think we have in store. But before I do, let me set the stage. You and I met uh, approximately four or so years ago at some of the early Fixed Ops roundtables when the world changed, and we were introduced to David Spizak for the first time. And uh, here we are. You've just held your very first big virtual EV event. Congratulations. Great success. And uh, I've got to ask you, David, why did you decide to focus on EVs? Why now? I know there's a lot of uh, current and potential challenges that are are facing dealers. Um, Why EVs and why now? Well, thanks for the question. And you, you hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of challenges. I mean, you know, for three years, our challenges were getting getting cars and counting money, right? Thanks to a pandemic and a chip shortage, supply chain. But things have uh, transitioned pretty dramatically for most dealers in 2023 in a number of ways, and it's it's almost a complete inversion. You know, all those factors externally that drove a positive impact on profitability, like the chip shortage, supply chain issues, all those things had a positive impact on everything from brand loyalty to the value of our cars, to right-sizing inventory, to the expense structure, our staff, I mean, everything really lined up flawlessly. And, and if you look at 2023, it's those very same factors in play. However, it's just reverse, right? So it's kind of like a Disney movie, right? Where the parents become the kids and the kids become the parents. And so we're right back to uh, back to the future, 2019, we're either there, depending on your franchise, or heading in that direction uh, with possibly a couple notable exceptions. I mean, there are some Toyota, Lexus stores, Honda stores, even uh, Kia and uh, BMW and Subaru um, that their 2023 was really, you know, it's almost like they're in the 24th month of 2022. They're still having a pretty good time, um, especially the top operators. But for most franchises and most dealerships, you know, on balance, they lost 2025, 20, 30% or more of their year over year net profit. So, what drove it? Obviously, interestingly enough, not a lot in terms of inventory. It's not like we went from 900,000 where we were not too long ago nationwide. Uh, we didn't go back to 3.8 or 4.2 million like we had 
pre-pandemic, we just simply went to one and a half, 1.8, and all of a sudden, margins started to compress. Now, the good news is, and I always say that everything is a tailwind or a headwind, right? Mm -hmm. And the good news is our fixed ops departments, which have always been, they're called fixed for a lot of reasons. One of them is they're stable, right? Uh, And you know, stable culture, stable people, stable processes, stable opportunities. Well, while everybody was having the time of their lives in the variable department for those three years, our fixed stop departments were going, hey, what about us? Units in operation were dropping. Our used cars weren't at the same level. So my internal uh, ROs went down. We didn't have as much warranty, you know, because the volume of new cars was down. But now again, everything's kind of gone topsy-turvy. And guess who's back at the center of attention or who should have been uh, at the center of attention all along? And that's our fixed ops team. So, you know, when I looked at this year going into 2024 and I sized up, well, you know, what are the things that are are at the top of dealers' minds? What are keeping them up at night? And I ask a lot of dealers that question. You know, at the top of the list, frankly, is EVs. Yes, there's Heightened compliance from the FTC. Yes, autonomous is coming at some point. Yes, recruiting and retaining employees is always should be at or near the top. But the reality is, you know, while autonomous and flying cars are going to happen in the future, the future is 12 years old with EVs. It's not coming. It's here. And it's coming at a rather, in some ways, alarming rate. What I mean by that is the level of production and the proliferation of models, Ted, and the level of production, it seems to be the proverbial cart before the horse where the cart is all these models getting thrust upon us. You know, we had roughly 50-odd models this year. By the end of 2024, that'll nearly double. And, and so we're already seeing what appears to be a saturation point. We're seeing a lag in demand. We're seeing F-150 Lightning production get get stalled or reduced. By the way, Ford recently announced an increase of the Ford F-150 Lightning prices. Uh, We're seeing GM, Ford, and others pull back on their investments that they were wanting to make with respect to EVs. But if you're a dealer, it's like that, that toothpaste is out of the tube and it's not going back. So whether you are a dealer that's leaning into it and you're very pro EV, like perhaps a lot of dealers in California, or you're a dealer that's very cautious or hesitant, maybe you don't want anything to do with them. Mm. It wasn't too many months ago that 40% of the dealers in the country said, hey, I don't have them and I don't want them. Mm-hmm. But the reality is roughly 8% of our new car sales last year were EVs. So maybe in, in one market, that might be 25 or 30% like California, maybe in others, it might be 2%. But while we don't know what's going to happen definitively in the future, uh, we can say this with all certainty. It's not going backwards. Every year, that that number of EVs is going to go up because keep in mind, 23 was 50% higher than the EV sales in 22, which was 70% higher than it was in 2021. So let's just say that pace slows down. There's implications everywhere. They cost more. You know, on an invoice basis, they cost more to carry. They talk, take longer to sell. They have significantly lower profit. And then let's talk fixed ops, which is why I love what you do is because fixed ops is so central. It's the foundation to me in a dealership. And so when you think about biggest challenges, 
Well, for fixed ops departments, EVs are right there. There's big implications. Um, anything from facility to capital expenditures and investments to required training by the manufacturer is going to make technicians leave the store again uh, for a longer period of time. In addition to that, we're also going to have uh, less frequency, right? Most stores are seeing customers one and a half, 1.7, two times a year. That's not happening. There's no express lube for EVs. Uh, brakes, they don't, they're not really going to last 100,000 miles in most cases, but does that matter to me as a fixed op director if I'm not going to see him in the next 50,000 miles? So, you know, when you talk about revenue, retention opportunities, training, the impact on my people, efficiency, tech efficiency, it's pretty broad. And so I thought, I don't know if there's anything else that is impending or upon us that that is having such a broad potential impact on our business because EVs are not just new vehicle models. They represent an entirely different business model. Exactly. And a lot of things that we're seeing and hearing, David, uh, one of our good friends, uh, Brian Kramer over at uh, Commerce and at the AccuTrade has brought to our attention that uh, the fluctuation in used vehicle values on EVs uh, can really affect the market in a great way. And, um, you know, there are just so many variables on the uh, EV equation. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up a great point. And, is, and Brian, you know, is just the best of the best when it comes to staying on top of that pre-owned side of our, our businesses. And he's 100% right. So, so think about this. So, you know, if you look at it from a search perspective, search is going up dramatically. And here's something that's kind of crazy to think about. When you think about EVs, it's natural to think about the West Coast, Oregon, Washington, California, of course, New York, right? Some other coastal cities. But when you look at the top five states in search right now, guess who's two of those states is Texas and Florida, wow. right? So go figure. Also, search has gone up dramatically. Also consider the fact that while, you know, we've gone from uh, just two years ago where I believe it was roughly 85% of people saying I'm going to consider an EV that's now down to more like the mid-60s, but it's still the mid-60s. Right. You still have I did a poll recently, 700 and roughly 740 people voted within a couple of days. And I asked, you know, would you consider an EV? Okay. Well, 59 percent said no way. And if you're a dealer that goes, well, see that? No way. People don't want EVs. Really? Did you notice the other 41 percent? <laughs> because of the 41 that was split between absolutely I'm going to and absolutely I'm considering it. So. You know, what I've been telling dealers is that whether you like it or not, you're pro or not, it doesn't change the fact that it's here and you need to do something about it to make certain that you can optimize things in your store. Hey, think about this. What if your store never sells a single wave EV? We're not going to deal with them, but they do in your market. They're still mm -hmm. going to potentially show up. Do you not want to service those? I kind of think you do. What if in your market, it's not 30% like California. What if it's 5%? Are you willing to say goodbye to 5% of your new car volume from last year? Do you really want to do that? What percentage of your new car volume can you say goodbye to before it really starts to smack 
your net profit. And let's talk about what Brian's talking about. You know, on one hand, EVs, one could say, and it's true, they're about as predictable as cryptocurrency. And I'm not talking Bitcoin. I'm talking like Dogecoin, right? I'm talking like Shiba. It's just all over the map. It's up 10 grand. It's down 10 grand. And you go, ah, it's scary. I got, I got punched in the face on a used EV. I'm not doing that anymore. Really? I, I, I really think you want to rethink that because, you know, I had a couple of people, Alex Lawrence, who's got mm-hmm. a used car a yeah. EV only dealership in Utah. And you got John Foley who's got one called Recharge, I believe, in North Carolina. And they're popping up everywhere. Yeah. Like, do we really want to abdicate our responsibility to our consumers or do we really want to walk away from what will become a growing percentage of our used car business? So it's incumbent on us, you know, to figure this out. And the reality is, you know, having some of the information just isn't enough anymore, Ted. You have to have all the information. And most importantly, you've got to be able to make the right decisions. You know, it's always a matter of, do I do nothing? Well, we know how that's going to turn out. Do I do something? Well, at least you got a shot. You're playing Powerball now. Okay, at least you're in the running. Or do you do the right thing? And doing the right thing is putting in the work, paying attention, availing yourself to having the right information so that you can make whatever is the right business decision for your store, for your fixed op department, for your associates, and for your consumers. And that's the reason why we wanted to be part of uh, putting together this EV event. I was very fortunate to be joined by just an amazing group of thought leaders and experts, um, you know, from uh, Steve Greenfield, of course, you know, uh, having you and uh, Ed Roberts, who's one of the best of the best out there when it comes to fixed ops. You've got, you know, um, oh my gosh, uh, Liza Borges, you have Ron Fry, Chase Frazier, uh, just, I mean, just incredible thought leaders, JT Taylor from Truist, um, Alan Haig from Haig Partners. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you always hear about, hey, I would love to be in the room where it happens, uh, where those discussions happen. That is going to allow me to be able to understand what should I do going forward. And that was one of those events. And so I learned so much from it. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for everybody that joined. And I really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to just touch on a little bit because we're having three others uh, virtual events uh, through the remainder of 2024 on equally important subjects like, man, oh man, how do I start to be more effective at bringing in more tax at, at recruiting the millennials and the Gen Z's that we've had a struggle getting in, but that the Tesla's, you know, and the Rivian's and the Tachyon's and other people in our industry are having no problem bringing these people aboard. You know, how do I, create a more compelling environment. Ed Roberts, uh, uh, you know, just does such a masterful job down there at Bozar, you know, what, what they're doing to attract talent, you know, growing their service base, as you know, to nearly a hundred and not having the same problems attracting techs that 99% of other stores uh, are having in a two year wait just to try to get an entry level job there. So there is a way to take on these things and we want to make certain that we are providing the highest level of intelligence, knowledge, expertise, and thought leaders to put dealers in a position to be able to optimize 2024. 
David, it's not often that I have you here at the beginning of the year to look into David Spizak's crystal ball oh, uh, and uh, kind of ask you a couple of questions as to what you feel. Balls of diesel. <laughs> well, looking out over the next 11 months, David, what do you think uh, for our dealer audience? Could we expect to be the biggest surprise in the auto industry in 2024? We have 11 more months left in the year. I think there's a couple that come to mind, Ted. One is, I think it's plausible. Um, please don't post and say, hey, David said this is going to happen. But I think it's plausible that we will see a shift at the top at one of the big three in terms of leadership. Um, I think it's at least possible that by the end of the year, hmm. possibly Mary Barra's not there, possibly Jim Farley's not there. And for completely different reasons in my own mind, and I'll, I'll leave that alone, but I just think there's such transformation going on that it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. Secondarily, we saw the deal happen recently with Amazon and Hyundai. Keep in mind, that's just a pilot at this point, 18 dealerships. But, you know, you know, some people are saying, hey, it's just a lead gen system. Hey, they've done it before back in 2018. Folks, Amazon doesn't dabble their toes in a swimming pool unless they think they could own the swimming pool, right? I mean, there's there's some kind of upside for them there. And so I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this year, a number of things potentially happen. Either that becomes widespread, it spreads to other OEMs where Amazon all of a sudden has a, a bigger foothold uh, or access to our client base and inventory, or perhaps even Amazon. I don't think it's out of the question that perhaps they pull a Whole Foods and buy a dealership group, which gives them instant distribution, instant access you know, to um, a, a wide variety of uh, inventory and, and a distribution point across the country or distribution points across the country. Fascinating. We're in a great space right now in automotive retail. <laughs> I, love this business, man. I don't recall, David, a time as exciting as the one we're in right now. Not even what, close. What do you see ahead? Biggest change in customer expectations in 2024? Because we've seen a whole lot happen there in the last four years. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I said many, many times that the pandemic didn't change anything, but it accelerated everything. Uh, one of the things that accelerated was digital retail, right? And I'm not a, anybody who knows me knows I hate that term. Uh, I, my uh, a good friend, Ron Fry, who I consider the leading strategist in our industry, um, coined the term modern retail, you know, a number of years ago. And I think, well, he's got it much closer because it is a more modern approach, but it's anything but digital. Um, until you could digitally retail me something, I I don't know if that's uh, anything close to accurate. But what digital retail did is a couple things. And by virtue of the pandemic, you know, we, we catapulted from having about 35 or 40% of dealers having some sort of online store presence, uh, digital retail marketplace, to 96% in a very short period of time. Now, granted, a lot of those platforms fall well short of a client's expectations, not my words, theirs. Um, and I just don't think that we've come close to meeting a client's expectations, but we have certainly gotten their, in, their interest, uh, gotten their attention, and 
By doing so, we've drawn a closer comparison. We're under the microscope, microscope where we're more closely compared to the Apple or Amazon, Tesla, Lucid, Rivian kind of experience. I think that one of the many ways that EVs will have an impact and implications is, as I said, it's a different business model. It also is a different audience. So check it out. You may have sold somebody five cars in the past that were conventional vehicles. That very same human that shows up interested in an EV has completely different expectations that are baselined not off of the last time you sold them a Toyota, Honda, Chevy, Ford, Mitsubishi, whatever it might be, Mercedes, but based on what they or their friends have experienced or what social proof has shown on social media that they should expect when somebody bought a Tesla or a Rivian or something else. So I believe that that is going to really, just like the pandemic accelerated DR, digital retail, I wouldn't be surprised if if this onslaught of EVs, keep in mind, Ted, a couple of years ago, we had 15 EVs. Last This year, we had 50-something. By the end of next year, we have over 100. Is that going to create more and more shopping experiences, more and more you know, increased expectations? So think about it. The percentage of people searching and who will engage in some form of at least consideration they're going to do so with heightened expectations. I think those are likely to have a bigger, be a bigger driver <coughs> in a shift of those expectations than perhaps anything else we'll see this year. Last question for today, David. Um, you and I see a lot of technology, a lot of new emerging technology. We see a lot of trends happening. You've got a lot of experience in that uh, particular area. What technology do you think is going to have the biggest impact moving into the rest of the year here in 2024? I hesitate because, you know, we've just been inundated with tech over the course of the last 10 years. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some fantastic platforms out there that I'm a big fan of. Um, one of the things I mentioned at NAD last year is your dealership's not a Chia pet. You know, Chia Pet, you add water and, you know, the hair comes out of, you know, Trump or Willie Nelson or uh, whoever, whatever Chia Pet that you happen to have, Yoda. Um, you can't just go walking up and down the aisles and pick a new piece of technology and say, well, that's going to fix that, right? So I personally think the biggest shift in technology may not be an individual piece of technology, but rather our attitudes towards that technology. One, I think there's going to be a greater demand and expectation from a dealer's perspective that we've got to get rid of disparate systems and get more integrated and more intelligent in our approach. We cannot have our managers expected to log into 12, 15, 18 platforms. And somehow it's like having our eyes on 18 different gauges while we're driving the car and also watching the road in front of us. How does that work? So I, I think that that's going to come to a head because the tech stack in its current form is an untenable situation, you know, and there's the DMS, obviously, with regards to Tachyon, I believe they're going to continue to make inroads. Um, other DMS systems are not sitting still, um, and understandably so, good for them, that's smart. But Tachyon is really the only one that's built from the ground up in the cloud, uh, mobile-based, and fully integrated and data intelligent. I think that's going to 
end up trumping even features. You know, McKinsey happened to put out a study a couple of years ago during the pandemic that said the client experience is now trumping features in vehicles. That's how important the client experience is. And I think it wouldn't be wrong to consider uh, a reality going forward that integration, data integration, data intelligence, simplicity, eliminating you know 10 logins as being more important than perhaps an individual feature here and there on, on, on select individual platforms that we may have in our stores now. Because, you know, we cannot get rid of friction in a consumer experience until we make inroads on reducing friction for our, for our associates that deal with our clients, whether that's in service, parts, or sales. So that's what I would say. Fascinating time in our industry, David. David, you got a busy week ahead. Uh, later in the week, you're going to be out in Las Vegas at NADA. Uh, I think you got a lot going on there. Tell us where our audience can uh, can find you. Uh, Thank you. Um, and man, I love NADA. I mean, you can meet meet more people, as you know, network with more people, engage, interact, um, you know, reconnect with people and meet new folks more in those two and a half, three days than you can in probably a better part of a year. Um, so it's it's really something I look forward to. I'm going to be at the Techion booth again, doing some live podcast interviews there. I'm going to be also uh, this year doing the same thing at the Cars Commerce booth, doing some podcast episodes from that location. They happen to be adjacent to each other across that super highway. So uh, certainly would invite people to jump in, drop by, and uh, perhaps I could even get you to jump on stage and spend 10 or 15 minutes with me sharing your perspective or your thoughts on our great industry. Beyond that, you know, I'll be at some events uh, each evening as most people are. And I certainly hope to see people there, but uh, worst case, you could find me on LinkedIn. Um, you could reach out to me at uh, www.davidspizak.com or you'll find my 150 plus podcast episodes on automotive. And um, you're listening, not because of me, but, because I've been pretty fortunate in bringing some incredible voices and thought leaders on. Um, and I, and I have no doubt that uh, you're going to find that they deliver huge value. And then of course, disruptive growth solutions.com. Uh, you could always locate me there as well. So invite everybody to reach out. Um, I'm, I'm uh, probably one of the more accessible people in, in this <laughs> industry out there. I'm not shy. And, uh, and when my, you know, if I give you my number, it is my number, it's my number that rings as it's happened a couple of times, unfortunately, during this interview, I apologize for that. Well, David, congratulations to you on all the success that you, you are having. Congratulations on the big event that you just had. Uh, we look forward to seeing you at NADA and, uh, on all Super the looking forward to seeing you there, Ted. David Spizak, everybody here with us today at the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Thank you. Appreciate it. All the best to you all for a great new year.